Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of the men and women connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing. This special series is dedicated to our airmen's first year stories. Hear from our wing's newest members, from enlisted aviators to electricians, aircraft maintainers to medics and all jobs in between. These airmen have transformed from high school students to dedicated and involved members of the 133rd Airlift Wing family. In their own words, they'll share how they chose their military job, the connection they have with the team, and how they have changed from young civilian to American Airmen. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief, Mark Legvold. Joining me today on Beneath the Wing First Year Stories is Senior Airman Madison Mitzik. Madison is a graduate of Elk River High School in 2019. She's currently a student at the University of Minnesota. Uh, but more importantly, with the 133rd, she is a part of the 210th Engineering Installation Squadron. And I'm going to ask her to explain what exactly that is in just a second. Welcome, Madison. Hello, Chief Lakefold. Thank you for what? having me on. <laughs> Happy to have, have you on your show. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. So what is exactly is the 210th EIS, or Engineering Installation Squadron? Yeah, so uh, the 210th um, is divided into engineering and the installation section. So I'm in electronics, and um, that's part of inst uh, the installations, as well as um, a cable section. So what we do is install and maintain a lot of different um communication systems. So I've been on preventative maintenance inspections, working on radio towers. Um, we do some inside plant work where we work on server rooms, setting up those rooms, as well as um, outside plant work, which would be more with radio towers. Um, and that kind of is a lot of what we do on the installer side. I don't know as much about the engineering side. Well, that's, that's okay. I, uh, it sounds like a lot of work, Madison, that, you know, normally like a telecommunications company would do. Is that similar? Yes, definitely. Why would we need that type of job in the military? So I kind of think of communications as um, like a, a backbone to the military. It's funny how easy it is to take for granted, because um, if you think about even just walkie-talkies or any kind of communication systems. We're constantly using them. Fair enough. It's important for us to be able to communicate with one another if uh, if we absolutely have to and there's an emergency somewhere out there, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Great. Well, let's let's get to your story and how you managed to get yourself into the 210th. Uh, the 210th. You joined us at the 133rd Airlift Wing in January of 2020. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And you didn't go to basic training for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> what was that time like where, you know, you'd finished high school because you graduated from Elk River in 2019, spent a little time trying to figure out what to do with the rest of your life, I suppose, and mm -hmm. joined us. And then you had a whole year. 
Were you working like a civilian job during that time? So when I joined in January of 2020, I was at the U um, and that semester was when COVID happened. So I finished off that semester at home and then I went back to um, an internship that I had right out of high school um, where I was working at a concrete pipe and precast company um, called Forterra. So what I ended up doing was working from that summer into um, December of 2020 until my basic dates. Okay, so you did you kept on working, making a little bit of money, and <laughs> studying a little bit at the same time. Yep. It was it was tough getting through all of that. Um, so you had that year. Uh, you came out to drill weekend, I suppose. And what what is it that somebody does that hasn't quite gone to basic training? What do they do on a drill weekend when we're all in our uniforms and and doing our military stuff? What's a student flighter do? Yeah. So. From what I remember, um, a lot of student flight is just getting to know other airmen and how the base works and how everything connects within the Air National Guard. Um, So I remember doing a lot of, um, or a bit of shadowing, um, understanding what's going to happen before basic two. So we were given a lot of different material on rank structure, Um, we were given the Air Force song, um, learning a lot of the basics so that when we go into (laughs) basic training or um, get into our uniform, we're prepared. Awesome. And then January of 2021 rolls around and we put you on a plane and send you down to Lackland (laughs) Air Force Base. Even with all of that training and preparation and some of the studying and a little bit of the singing that you got to do. Um, I'm not going to ask you to sing the Air Force song today, but uh, maybe <laughs> next you. time, Madison. Uh, with all that preparation, did you feel like you were well-prepared going down to basic training? I did. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because um, my basic training flight was actually made up of close to 50-50 guard and then active duty. Um, and What I found was the guards seemed to be more prepared, um, at least with understanding the rank structure and um, just knowing some of the basics. So that was really helpful going into basic. It's a little weird going in and and having a uh, 50-50 class structure with with half of it being guard and half of it being active Mm -hmm. duty. Normally, Mm -hmm. to my understanding, it's mostly active duty and then the guard gets sprinkled in. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I was told too. So it was surprising. Yeah. Well, speaking of surprises, what, what was the hardest thing, the most surprising thing that you had to deal with down at basic training as a, as a new uh, trainee? Yeah, I think, um, COVID rolling into basic was interesting because, um, we still had masks and my flight actually ended up being quarantined um, early on. Um, We had a couple people test positive Mm. and um, that alone was something that we all had to get used to. Um, And then realizing that there are just a lot of changes overall, like um, 
we <laughs> we really had to practice resiliency because I was there when um, the winter snowstorm hit Texas. Mm. So we didn't have MTIs for a few days and we had to um, be flexible in that regard. And we were given um, like MREs to eat for a couple days. Um, so when you eat an MRE, that's a meal ready to eat, right? Yep. Oh, those are those things that come in a usually a brown plastic bag and they can sit on the shelf for about 12 years and you can open them up and there's a little heater in there, isn't there? There is. Yeah. It took some of us a while to figure it out, but it works really well for heating up food. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, but you make your way through basic training and it sounds like you and the rest of the flight there just had to go through some some difficulty and some some tough times in your training, but you made it through. Um, yeah. Were you able to get the big formal graduation at the end, or was that still pretty locked down because of COVID? It was still pretty locked down, but um, so my family was able to look at it online, um, but we were all able to stand in our flights and um, receive our coin and go through everything, so that was really cool. Awesome. How many people were in your flight? I think they're about 45. About 45. So it's it's basically a good-sized like English class at the University of Minnesota, right? Yeah. But you get to spend every single minute of every single day with these folks. Yep. <laughs> that takes some getting used to, doesn't it? It it definitely does. Um I remember my first day being there, I was thinking, oh no, what did I get myself into? Because you get off the bus and you just hear MTIs yelling at people. <laughs> um, but then you, you're you doing it with everyone else. So knowing that is reassuring. Um, but once I got up to my dormitory, some of the girls started talking and I got to know where they're from. Um, my flight Funny enough, had a lot of people from the Midwest. So one of the first people I met was from Wisconsin. Um, and then you start to get <laughs> yelled at by your MTI. But again, since everyone around around you is going through the same thing, it's not as bad. It's kind of that uh, you get a kindred spirit with the folks that are going through the same same stuff that uh, that you are. And, and for those that aren't quite sure, an MTI is what? A military training instructor. And those are the fun people with the round hats and the loud voices, right? <laughs> yes. You said that, uh, you know, you one of those first thoughts, it's pretty standard, is what did I get myself into? So, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody goes through basic training that joins the military, Madison, and, and you're right, you got yourself into something. Yeah. What brought you to us in the first place? To that, How, how did you find the Minnesota Air National Guard? Yeah, so my oldest sister um, joined when she was in college or partway through college to um, help pay for it. And um, she recently retired, actually. Um, but when I was younger, maybe third grade, um, she ended up coming to um, my elementary school's Veterans Day celebration. And that was like the first time I really kind of got an idea of what she did um, because she came dressed up in her blues and um, 
that was just a cool experience to see. Um, but her and then my brother was active duty for a while in the Air Force. Um, so they kind of directed me down that path. L- led you down the path to find the Air National <laughs> Guard and you, you didn't find a different no. branch, huh? No, they were <laughs> definitely advocating for the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and we're really glad that you did. And, and uh, Madison, once you get in the door... Did you know what job you were going to do when you took off and went for basic training, or was he, was this were you just going to let the Air Force figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life? No, I um, I definitely wanted to see what jobs were available, and um, my recruiter gave me a full list of all the options um, and what was available, and going in since. I've been undecided with school. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do a job that I'm curious about or interested in to maybe get, give me a better idea of what I want to do with school. Um, and one of the options um, was an electronics job, and I was curious about that, so that's the route I decided to go down. So are you in, you know, currently at the University of Minnesota, are you pursuing a degree in electronics somehow, or are you doing something completely different? Well, I started off thinking I was going to go into electrical and computer engineering. Um, and the guard did kind of help me think about if doing something more related to electronics was right for me. Um, because I, I think I'd rather do something different, but it's cool with the guard and that you can do two completely separate jobs. Um, and that kind of mixes things up. So right now at the U, um, I'm considering minoring in biology because that's also something that interests me. Um, and I've considered majoring in mechanical engineering, but I'm not 100% sure yet. You've, you've got a couple choices, but one of the neat things is one weekend a month, you definitely know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah, and I I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good to have a little bit of diversity in, in what you're doing with your life and, and switching gears on weekends and, and when you deploy, is it's kind of fun. So speaking of deployments, Madison, since you've gotten back from tech school, and I'll ask you a little bit about your tech school here in just a sec, but have you gotten a chance to travel with the military? I have. I haven't been on a deployment, um, but once I got out of tech school, it wasn't until... The next summer that I was put on a couple projects. Um, my first one was a preventative maintenance inspection in um, Duluth and then Fargo. Um, and then the next one was at Camp Ripley. It was um, a communications exercise. And then um, everyone within my unit also does training um, in Pennsylvania, which that was a really cool place to visit. I'm sure it, there's a big difference in Camp Ripley's up in kind of north central Minnesota, beautiful wooded area. Fargo's a little bit different, and you know, North Dakota's North Dakota. Tell me about Pennsylvania. So, Pennsylvania was interesting because um, the so the schooling was called Lightning Force Academy, and um, the base was called Fort Indian Town Gap. And so you go into the base and any civilian can really go through it. (laughs) Um, But the whole training was for um, inside plant work. So that's when we're 
kind of setting up server rooms and understanding that component of um, the electronics section. So some good good training, uh, a lot of good hands-on experience. Did you travel with a big team to that? I traveled with one other person from my unit. And then within my class, there are people from um, Pennsylvania. We had someone from Oklahoma. Um, a couple from, or one from Massachusetts, I think. So people all over the place, which was kind of cool to see. Awesome. So that is your fifth state, if I'm counting right, uh, since the, you joined the military. You went to yes. basic training in Texas. You've been to North Dakota, a couple places in Minnesota, Pennsylvania. Yep. After you finished basic training in Texas, we sent you to the beautiful and glamorous Keesler Air Force Base. Isn't, isn't that right? <laughs> yep, that's correct. Is it really glamorous? <laughs> well, it was, in my opinion, more glamorous than... San, not San Antonio, but basic training. <laughs> sure. Where's Keesler? Very hot. It's in Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay, maybe not so glamorous. How was, <laughs> yeah. your, how was your tech school experience? It was pretty long down there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I was there for six months, and I came in early March, so it was cool at the time. Um, but that was still during COVID, so the base was on lockdown until think late may um and then we're able to go off base which was a lot of fun it definitely does help while you were tech school you were learning just like you would in a regular uh, uh vocational technical school weren't you yeah so we would go to class monday through friday um and we would have I'm trying to remember the terminology it's been a while um, we would all meet in the morning um, and then march over together. Um, and sometimes there would be what are called down Fridays. Um, so we would have a Friday where our squadron would do an activity um, just to build morale. And then we'd have the rest of the the day off which was pretty nice. <laughs> Those sound like awfully fun days, especially if you can be outside yeah. and enjoying it together, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. What was the funnest part of your tech school? Because basic training doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. You got those, you know, happy people in round <laughs> hats yelling at you a lot. Yep. Uh, but tech school is a little different. What was the most fun that you had there? I would have to say um, I was a white rope in tech school. And so at Keesler, I think they have at other bases too but um they have what's called a, a fishbowl and it's kind of just like a community um center where you can watch movies or um play pool or ping pong um they have karaoke sometimes so being a part of that was really fun because especially when we're still on lockdown. I was able to go somewhere else besides like the school house or my squadron. Um, and I made a lot of good friends that way. Yeah. Tough being away from home for six months. What was the biggest challenge at tech school that you had to overcome, Madison? Yeah, I think it was 
probably just being on lockdown and feeling stuck in one place. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> the people going through now won't have to deal with that. Um, but it was also a little, it took a little while to get used to, um, because they, they give you phases, um, where you're in your uniform for a week or two after you come to tech school. And, um, and that's just so that you can <laughs> ease your way into, um, kind of being more of a civilian again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the start was the most difficult part, but um, kind of like basic, you weren't alone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to go through those types of challenges together with the team. Now that you're back at the 133rd working at our, uh, our EIS, uh, what's the team like there? Uh, obviously, you develop a pretty close uh kindred spirit with the folks you go through basic training with and the, the people yeah. you go through tech school with, but what's the team like at the place where you spend one weekend a month? They're very supportive. Um, they're very, they're easygoing, but they're also very, um, very much willing to help and, um, make you succeed. So we're all <laughs> trying to make sure that we get our work done, um, but also enjoy ourselves while we're doing it. So like my um, RF buddies are almost like brothers to me because I, I know I can go to them for anything if I need help. Um, and really with anyone within the unit, they just want us to be successful. And now here you are, a, a senior airman, which means you've gotten promoted at least three times since joining the Air Force. Yep. Those are some big changes, uh, Madison, you know, going from a civilian clothes wearing it under a weekend person to now kind of taking on that leadership role, learning how to lead, uh, learning how to, you know, work well with other people and kind of be more of a mentor for the younger folks. Thinking back to your time at Elk River High School, graduating in 2019, you know, your junior, senior year and the, uh, the Madison Mitzik and what she looked like then, how is the, how have you changed as a person since joining the Air National Guard? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say joining the Guard has given me a lot of confidence, um, and just a lot of different ideas on paths I can take um, in addition to college. So it's it's given a lot of options and reassurance um, and knowing that like I have almost another family I can go to. Um, I think it's also helped me grow in a better understanding just the world in general. <laughs> um, and it's just given me, I think, like a, a really cool perspective on how things work. Yeah, you've, you've already seen quite a bit of the country compared to probably a lot of your peers that just went right to college after high school. Um, mm -hmm. it, it takes a lot of courage to just step up, step forward and, you know, 
hop on a plane and go to, to a, an Air Force base in Texas and meet a bunch of strangers and then take that journey that you have over the last two years. And you've got four years left with us, Madison. What are your uh, what are you most looking forward to in the next four years? What are your goals? Yeah, I I think I'm just looking to broaden my um, understanding of the engineering installation squadron um, and continue to go on projects. Um, there's one coming up that I'm pretty interested in because it's a mostly radio job, which I'm I work in, or my job title is um, radio frequency transmission systems. So doing more jobs um, like that, I hope to do, um, as well as just like continue to get to know people in my unit. Um, and yeah, seeing where all of that goes. Yeah, when you when you talk about jobs, you know, when I talk, when I think about a job, Madison, I think, you know, getting up in the morning and putting my uniform on and driving to the base where I work. That's, that's a job to me. You mean mm -hmm. it a little differently. How do you define a job so that, you know, folks that don't quite understand what, what it is you do uh, can little, understand what a job is to somebody in the 210? Yeah. So a job is essentially um an opportunity where you can use your skills um in electronics or cable um in terms of like my unit um and practice it at least for someone um at my ranking level eventually you'll get to a point where you'll become a team chief or a lead for a project um but i'm a bit less experienced so i'm still learning quite a bit about different jobs but with these jobs basically you can um sign up for them um like the the next one i'll be on is we'll be in california um and you'll eventually be notified if you're on the list or not um and so if you are you'll go and um i guess perform whatever <laughs> missions needed. Um, and in this case, we're doing some radio installs. Um, and the team that you're with helps you along the way. Um, and so it sounds, Madison, like when you say job, you're actually picking up and traveling someplace and doing a job someplace. Well, California sounds like a really good place to be, especially since <laughs> you and I are talking on a, a <laughs> first of february and it's really yeah. cold in minnesota california sounds awfully nice so you the, your organization gets to travel a lot and do these jobs around the world pretty much right yeah i've had um friends that have gone to south korea um germany um yeah a lot of different places a lot of good opportunities to see some uh, marvelous spots in the world and, and maybe some places where uh, it may be not be so marvelous, but a great experience to travel with, uh, like you said, the brothers and sisters from your, your organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I asked you what your, what your goals are here for the next four years of your career. Um, 
Are you planning on making this a, a spot where you're going to stay beyond your your original six years, or are you just uh, is this a great place for you to start the big world and and uh, move on from here? I've I've been thinking about that, um, and I'm leaning towards reenlisting, just because I don't know if I can see myself um, leaving, just because the people are so great. Um, and it's, it's just really a unique experience and one I've really enjoyed, um, that and, like, of course there are benefits too, which are really nice, um, but, like, I think the friendships that I've made so far, I want to stay connected with. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, it's good that you're, you're a part of our Wings family and good, good that you're part of that 210. You talked about the benefits a little bit. What are the big benefits, uh, not just the friendships and the relationships, but uh, what are the other benefits that you've received since uh, committing to the military? Yeah, um, so one that I've been using is state tuition reimbursement, um, which is super nice because it basically pays for all of your college. Um that and I also have a um, GI Bill kicker, um, which I don't know if every job gets that in the guard, but essentially whenever you're in school, um, you get a monthly stipend, um, which you can do what you want with. I think a lot of people use it for housing. Um, so that's really nice to have too. Um, just knowing that you can, you don't have to worry as much about money with school. It certainly does help, and you've you've chosen a great university to attend, and and will walk out of there with uh, not a lot of debt, if any, and uh, right. a fantastic college degree. Yeah. Yeah, Madison, do you recommend this type of uh, choice um, in service to other folks? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, like, the Air Force specifically, um, is, well, (laughs) I guess I'm biased, but, um, I, well, I've heard that we've got great food and (laughs) good, good housing, um, it's just a really supportive branch, um, and the opportunities within the Air Force, too, are just amazing it, it sounds like it's uh, so far it's been a, a good choice for you and and each year it's a good choice for for just a ton of people hey i've been uh, talking with senior airman madison mitzik she works with our 210th engineering elect i'm sorry electrical engineering squadron uh and she is also currently a student at the university of minnesota and her alma mater is elk river high school from 2019 Madison, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your first-year story. Thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. You got it. And I hope that uh, if you're interested in hearing more, you tune in for another edition of Beneath the Wings First-Year Stories. As always, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing, where those connected with the 133rd Airlift Wing Minnesota Air National Guard share their stories of strength and success. We will be releasing a new first-year story each Tuesday and Thursday throughout the month of February, March, and April. 
If you think you are someone whose story could be a part of our Wings family here in Minnesota and are seeking direction for your next step in life, or you know someone who is, please explore our opportunities at 133aw.ang.af.mil and share these podcasts. If you're outside our local area but are still interested in serving in the Air National Guard in your state or territory, goang.com will get you started. That's G-O-A-N-G dot com. As always, I'd like to thank our public affairs section, especially Amy Lovegren, for her post-production and release work. I've been your host, Wing Command Chief Master Sergeant Mark Lightbold.